Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. Welcome to the Vibrarian Show. My name is Joelle and I am your host. I am here to elevate, enlighten, and empower with information that I trust that you will find as uh, uplifting and certainly exciting as I do. Each week I am here on the Vibrary Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. And on Thursday evenings uh, during our conversation, it really, I like to consider it a cross between the X-Files of Searching for the Mysterious and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You know, we're trying to unravel some of these things that we've heard about, like Holy Grails and the Ark and all of that kind of uh, things that you hear about throughout our history that intrigue one's mind with curiosity. I love having these conversations with people because I'm really looking at things that I find interesting and that's always great because I find people who also are interested in the same things that I am and I'm able to have the conversations with them and then make them available to my listeners both on Blog Talk. Also, if you're on iTunes or Stitcher, you can subscribe to my podcast and the podcast directory is there. Also on YouTube, all of the episodes of all the conversations that we have here on the Vibrary Radio Network are available for you to stream at your convenience. I definitely advise you to check it out because it's kind of like cracking up, open a library, but I like to call it the Vibrary because it's filled with high vibrational information. And I love having these conversations and connecting with people. So much of what we're doing is because we're asking and tapping into people's knowledge. The community that I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe, we are gathered on Instagram, we're gathered on Facebook. If you're out there and you see something that you think is interesting, entertaining, or curious, and you want to bring it to my attention, I absolutely love to pass on the positivity. Please tag me. You can say at the vibrarian, that's V-I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N, or you can use the hashtag good vibe tribe or hashtag get lifted. Anything that I see that is positive, I want to pass on because I believe we do far too much amplification of the negative, and I would love to make that spectrum absolutely filled with joy, love, light, and laughter. Now, the show line this evening is 646-787-8436. If you're listening on the phone lines during the show about the topic, please press the pound one key, and I will bring you on as soon as possible. Our topic this evening is something that is just so truly near and dear to my heart. I don't know when I first became enamored of the moon, but I can remember as a child, and of course the book Good Night Moon was not written in my era. It's much younger than the kids' bedtime stories that are so popular now. But I always remember looking up when there were full moons and looking to see. I lived in a little town in Kansas, so the sky was absolutely clear at night, and so the stars and the moon were always just so stunning to my memory. And as I've come into adulthood and begin to kind of go through awakening, I realized that there was so much more to the moon. And so I began kind of studying and coming across information um, over the years. And now I really do a lot of work in my personal life surrounding the moon phases and her energy. So tonight I wanted to talk about the moon. And I am not an astrologer. 
I'm a hobbyist, but I am not a person who is versed in all of the knowledge that is contained in the movement of the planetary bodies and systems in our visual awareness in terms of our particular soul um, galaxy and system. So I wanted to bring on an expert this evening to have a conversation, and I knew just the person who would be perfect for that. Her name is Monique Ruffin, and those of you who are out on Instagram and out in the metaphysical world probably have heard of Monique. Uh, she actually was a guest on my show last year along with a dear friend of mine by the name of Kelly Lynn Prime, and the two of them facilitate a workshop uh, that's called Mercury Retrograde Reset, and they came on and really, like, broke down a lot of information about Mercury retrograde, debunked some of the myths, the myths and the kind of negative connotation that comes up with the Mercury retrograde energy cycle. And I, I thought it was such a great episode. And at the time I said to Monique, I, when I, I want to have a show about the moon, would you please come back and be on the show? And so it was sitting on this back burner. And in my Instagram feed over the last Oh, several weeks. I've seen her beautiful face pop up, and there'll be a video, and she's teaching about like whichever moon cycle we're in, and it's like maybe five to eight minutes of really easily easily digestible information. If you're on Instagram, please do check out at Monique Ruffin. But tonight, Monique, I'm so glad to have you on the show because I have some questions about the moon, and I just know with all assurance that you have some answers. Welcome to the Vibrarian Show. Oh, my goodness. It looks like I'm having some technical difficulties. One moment. We'll see if we can get Monique on the air here. Monique, are you able to hear me? Uh, We have you on now. Sorry. Welcome to the Vibrarian Show. (laughs) Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Your background is that you are an astrologer, and your story of how you kind of became interested in following the stars, I, of course, am familiar with it, having had you as a guest before, but would you please share with our listening audience kind of how you came to be this moon madam, if you will? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that, the moon madam. The moon madam. That's awesome. <laughs> The moon madam. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna have to get that one. Anyway, so I um I have always been, you know, just sort of fascinated with astrology. Um, but what really brought me to this work is that I've been more interested in healing. I grew up in Los Angeles, California. I am my family is from the south and there was just so much trauma and pain in my family around issues of race and class and poverty. And it just was showing up in ways that was so destructive in my family. And I think a lot of families have experienced that. And, and it seemed like it was insurmountable. And so I, um, when I was 19 years old, so, you know, probably 30 years ago, I was, I deliberately started on the path towards healing and, I started doing that with spirituality. And so at the time I was a Christian and I realized that, well, Christianity wasn't offering me 
what would really help me um, eliminate the pain that I was in emotionally. Christianity was too divisive. It just was too tight energetically for me. And so um, over the years, I tried many different religions and healing tools and modalities. And um, about 10 years ago, I started um, studying with at Juju Mama, which is Juju Mama Love Academy. And they are very pretty renowned for um, their philosophies and beliefs and practices around open relationship and free women. And so it was a place where I could explore my ideas, things that about myself that I had never really allowed myself to explore because of the culture we live in. And in that work, we would do something called the sun manifestation system and the moon manifestation system, where we would um, spend the entire year with the sun going through the various deities and energies to to learn to create your life in that way with the cycles. And then the moon was something that we would do every month where we would follow the cycle of the moon every month and you would you would pick two two short-term goals. So the first time I did the moon work, like I said, it was about 10 years ago, and there was a man that I was interested in that I used to chant. I used to chant Nam Yo Ho Renge Kyo at the Buddhist, um, the Nishran Buddhist temple. And there was a man there that I was interested in, and we were friendly with one another, but I really wanted him to to pursue me. And I could feel that the energy was there, but I could also tell that something was creating a hesitation inside of him. And I, at the time, I just didn't feel like I wanted to pursue him. I was raising a young child, and I just needed it to be something that he that he pursued. And, um, and so I created a, a goal in this moon cycle that he and I would become friends and get to know one another. And I worked that goal for the entire month, um, for that entire month, for 28 days. And at the end of that month, sure enough, he called and said, can I take you to dinner? Mm. And we dated mm-hmm. for five years. And so mm. I was like, oh, this shit works. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And so that that just changed it for me and I've been doing it I've been using the moon for 10 years to create um the experiences that I desire to have and all sorts of things like to change my communication with people like if I have a a really difficult time communicating with someone I'll use a moon cycle to do the work. It really is like a it's it's a it's a tool I wouldn't say, I mean, maybe it's magical, but it just works when you follow the steps. And so that is what brought me to it, and I love it, and now I teach it, and I use it with everything that I do. So why, two questions, so why the moon, first of all? Like, what is it about that uh, particular body in the heavens Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. why is it used? For for this, what is the utility of the moon energy then? Okay, so the the most significant thing about the moon is that the moon has the gravitational pull on water. So mm-hmm. if you live near a body of water or you spend time at the beach, you will hear them say the tide is high or the tide is low. Or I go to the beach a lot. There's sometimes I can go 
to the beach and the tide will be really high and the water will be really close. And then there are times I can go and the water will be really far back. That's the moon. The moon is a magnet and it pulls the water on the planet. And as human beings, we are 70 to 90% water. The moon also runs the same cycle that a woman's body runs, which is the 28-day cycle of creation. So the moon takes 28 days to go around the earth. So because the moon replicates the women's, the woman's cycle and because of its power on water, which is the creative force of life, it it has power. It just... It, the power that it has is obvious. <laughs> and so um, water is what rules our, our it's, water is um, our feelings, right? It's how we feel. So you can tell, like, depending on where the moon, the moon is in the, in the heavens, you might feel really great. You might feel really depressed. You might feel like you need to be by yourself because the moon is, pulling the gravitational pull of the water in your body. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you align your understanding to that and and follow the steps, because it also is so it's pulling the water, but it's also um, harnessing light. The moon, the moon reflects the light from the sun, which then mm-hmm. grows from the new moon when it's black and when it's when the new moon the new moon is black and dark, that's when it's most fertile. That's when you go in to plant your seed. It's almost like if you were trying to get pregnant as a woman, you would that would be the time that you would actually allow the egg to be fertilized at the time of the new moon when you're fertile. And then mm-hmm. and when you get pregnant, what happens is then the light grows and then the moon becomes full. And so that light impacts us because the gravitational pull and because the light in our psyche, because we have um, penile glands, um, our penile glands and our, and our glands respond to light. We don't mm-hmm. know that because we don't think of it that way. But if, if the light went away, we would die. If the sun went away, we would mm-hmm. die. If water went away, we would die. So this is why these bodies, these celestial bodies, have so much impact on us. You know, it's so interesting because, you know, people are kind of either yes to astrology or no to astrology. But when I've talked with my no friends about, like, the moon, you know, it's like Ben Franklin wrote the farmer's almanac with detailed mm-hmm. information and that's modern we're talking about modern uh, right. in our current kind of civilization and that's not talking about the kind of wisdom that was collected before but any farmer or fisherman knows that you can work against the tide and not catch any fish you know what i'm saying or right. you can align with the natural cycles and bring in the haul that you need you can plant against the sea seasons and have no crops or you could plant with the season and have bountiful harvest so at a (laughs) fundamental (laughs) biological level you can think all the other stuff about Aries and Libra and Cancer and all that things kind of woo-woo for you but there is a kind of fundamental way that the moon cuts through that conversation because we're talking about 
seasons, and as you said, the seeds know when that uh, germination is happening as that sprout bursts forth, you plant it a certain time of the moon so that it does receive what it needs in order to grow itself. And the seed of the plant, you know, the natural things know when to drop pollen, when to germinate, when to do all of that, and then those that have to work with nature in order to sustain like our our, our eating and living, we learn to mm-hmm. then align with the natural order of things. So to me, the moan is like, you really just can't argue about it, you know. And I have a friend who's a labor and delivery nurse, and she says absolutely on full moons, that is when they're delivering more babies. You know, I guess mm-hmm. the gravitational pull on those waters mm-hmm. of the womb is right is ready to come down if you're ready to deliver it's going to happen during that probably three-day window when the moon's pull is at its fullest <laughs> absolutely so. when i was pregnant i was um i was due like a week or so late a week or so later but what i recently my son is 12 now but one day like in the last month i went to go look at where the moon was when he was born and realized that the moon was actually full on the day that I went into labor, which is why he was born early. He was only born mm-hmm. two weeks early, but it was because the moon was full that I went into labor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, That's interesting. It's really <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago, my guest on the show is a friend of mine that I met when I was in uh, the Riviera Maya in the Yucatan Peninsula a couple of years ago. I went to go see the amazing pyramid at Chichen Itza, which is very much what they call astroarchaeological, meaning that it is a structure that was built to a specific alignment based on planetary bodies. And part mm-hmm. of the tour that we were talking about, he was describing, you know, the Mayans were known for their calendar precision. We've all heard of the mm-hmm. Mayan calendar and the precision of the equinox and all of that. Mm-hmm. And their mathematical system, everything in their society is based on that lunar lunar system of counting the days, the lunar mm-hmm. system of counting gestation. And it was, again, very fundamental to one of what we call like an indigenous or primitive, uh, well, I wouldn't say primitive, but let's say earlier mm-hmm. uh, versions of society. You find mm-hmm. this true when you start to look at the oldest teachings that we have. Uh, study of the moon is something that is kind of universal um, touches across every society, and there have been sun gods and moon goddesses. So is the moon always in kind of presented generally as the feminine aspect as well because of that tie often to it our... Is. Often, mm-hmm. often it is. The moon is the feminine and the sun is the masculine. But but that, that is... Um, there are places in astrological circles where they frown upon that, you know, by, frown mm. upon humanizing it in that way. And that's fair. I get that. And I don't care. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because, because here's what I know, right? So so I, I will hear, I have heard m- male astrologers say that it's not really a mass, it's not, it's not really um fair to make the moon feminine right but when you're a woman Mm -hmm. and you bleed every month 
and you know mm-hmm. the man has no idea what that is, and you know that you're you're bleeding and the moon is doing something and causing your back to hurt mm-hmm. and causing you to have to lay down and mm-hmm. sleep. Like okay, yeah, I don't. Maybe you don't think it's feminine because you have no experience of this, not in this lifetime. You mm-hmm. So go go ahead over mm-hmm. there and have a seat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, That's how I feel about it. In, well, so it, what, what most of us in our listening audience are familiar with is very much the the is it uh, Eastern astrology or Western astrology? Which which one is Sun-based solar astrology, and which one is the lunar-based astrology system? So Eastern like astrology Vedic is one. Lunar. Yes, yeah, Vedic is lunar-based, um, and I even believe India. So Vedic India practices Vedic, um, but I also believe China practices a lunar astrology. So, what differences does it make then in how? Is there a simple way to describe then the difference in accounting for your personality when it's a sun-based system versus a moon-based system? You know, so I haven't studied Vedic astrology or Chinese Mm -hmm. astrology, so I can't, I don't know. But I do know in Western astrology, Mm -hmm. the sun governs the personality and the moon Mm -hmm. governs how you feel. It's like what you need, your needs. That's how we define it here, right? So um, mm-hmm. so everybody has a moon sign and a sun sign. We all have both. So, for instance, um, my, sun, my moon sign is Gemini. And, and what that is inside of me, how, what that creates inside of me is an insatiable need for knowledge. Like I just mm. have to know. Like I, I, like, I just can't rest until I know answers. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm, I live, one of my girlfriends comes into my house, and she's like, Monique, this is a library in here. Because I just am always <laughs> in a book, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have an Aries moon, the Aries moon has a need to, like, begin and, and um, like, forge a path and be independent. And, and, and what that can occur as is, is a edginess is like a fighting kind of spirit. The Taurus moon, they have a need generally to have order, to have all their ducks in a row, to have their T's crossed and their and their um and their T's crossed and their eyes dotted. I said Gemini has a need for knowledge. Cancer moon usually people with cancer moons usually have a real need for security. Like they just mm-hmm. need to understand that you know, the money is right and the house is right and everything, like they just have a need to, the things that we consider that secure us, can, people with a cancer moon have a kind of an insatiable need for that. Um, mm-hmm. People with the Leo moon, they have a they have a real need to be seen. Now, um, Leo moon is tricky, but they're, like they just, they need to create something that will get them the attention that they desire because they deeply desire to be seen, to, to get attention. And um, in our culture, we would say that that's not a good thing, but it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, it's just that we mismanage it and we judge it and make it wrong. People with Virgo moons have a need for order. They have a need to have mm. order and sort of, you know, have their homes look a certain way and be a certain way because of that Virgo moon. Like I have a Virgo sun, 
and people to say that Virgos are hypercritical and really neat and organized. And I'm not really neat and organized because of my Gemini moon. It creates a scattered energy inside of me. But my son has a Virgo moon, and he will in a minute, Mommy, come clean this up. Mommy, how come this mm. is here? Mommy, and I know that that's mm-hmm. his Virgo moon, you know? Mm-hmm. So I honor that inside of him. So depending on what, where your moon is, it, will, it's a, it, it drives an emotional need inside of you. Okay. Now, you know you've covered like half the zodiac, so we're getting ready for the oh, other yeah, half okay, in terms okay, of the moon. Okay, I, okay. I will hear it if I don't keep going. <laughs> okay, the Libra great. moon. So, <laughs> Libra moon. So Libra moon, people with a Libra moon generally have a need for connection to the other. Like they need partners. Like my friends who, who have Libra moons, and if they aren't married or partnered, boy, are they just deeply uncomfortable because they have a need to connect with the other. Um, Scorpio moons, their needs are usually around deep intimacy, like a need to have, like a need to have that kind of, um, you know, it's you and me against the world, baby, that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it, um, it's, like if that's so that like I that's so unlike me that I don't understand it. Like those people that want to just be locked up and cased with another person and that's all it is, right? Those like mm. the Scorpio moon does that. Sagittarius moon is a real need for adventure and 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 having different experiences with different types of people. Corn moon. Mm is um, people with Capricorn moon tend to run a little depressed because it's a heavier energy, and they have a need to work, work for achievement, though. It's not just work for the sake of work. It's work so that they they need to have accomplishment in their lives. Um, After that is Aquarius moon. Aquarius moon, people with Aquarius moon, they have a need to really detach and be be themselves and and you can i experience it because i I struggle with aquarian energy oh i don't want to say i struggle with it it's a challenging one for me and they Mm -hmm. can connect but then they have a need to just like unleash like un to, to detach and because i have a pisces rising it feels brutal to me but they need to just be alone right they just need to like Mm -hmm. and then that's it right um, so after Aquarius, what's after Aquarius? Oh my goodness! Is um, it Pisces? Pisces, yeah, exactly. Which is a, so Pisces <laughs> moon people have a need to um, to attach. Where Aquarius says deta- um, detach, Pisces energy is it, it attaches, and it and it's also um, very empathetic and um, very empathetic. And has a need also for sort of like a mystical, mystical experiences. Hmm. So yeah, I think that's the whole zodiac. Now. And oh, Sagittarius, I think. Did we get yeah, Sagittarius? Adventure. adventure. Oh, okay, adventure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, a, I have a Leo moon. <laughs> so I was listening to that, yeah. and I, I found it interesting because one of my tension points is that. You know, I absolutely want to reach a lot of people, 
but I don't necessarily want to be famous and lose my anonymity. To me, that would be like a really terrible thing to no longer have mm-hmm. privacy and being able to just right. be a normal everyday person, uh, yeah. you know, which is like an interesting tension when you're talking about like working to be successful in the public eye, you know. But, yeah. um, <laughs> what, what's your okay, so what's Libra Sun. Libra, uh, yeah, yeah. Libra sun, yeah. Cancer rising. So that might be the Cancer rising. Well, yeah, it's that was going to be my next question. That would have you want privacy. Mm-hmm. So that's most people are familiar with. Like they know what their sun sign is. So if you're saying then, uh, what is the difference then? Say if you have a Gemini sun sign versus the Gemini rising versus Gemini moon. Because you talk about needing to have something. Um, so right. is the need part for the emotional satisfaction that the moon yes. brings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like that, that it, the emotions, the water, right? The, the water. Because mm-hmm. the moon is pulling on the water. So that, that's what it is. It's, it's pulling on your emotions, right? So it's that thing in you. And then you have that cancer energy. So you're, so you're kind of you're governed by the moon if you have a cancer rising. That's the mm-hmm. actually energy that governs you. So there is, you know, cancer cancer energy is um like I said it needs security. It it needs to feel secure. It needs to to know that it's safe and you know, protected. But the Leo moon is like, no, look at me, look at me. Oh, my God, look at this information I have to share. Oh, goodness, did you hear it? Did you get it? Did you get it? And the cancer part of you is like, no, no, you know, ramp down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Share this much, keep this other part private. So we have all these aspects of ourselves. Like, that's the Mm -hmm. thing that I love about astrology. Every planet represents another aspect of ourselves. And mm-hmm. when we understand how those planets are showing up in our in our day to day living, then we can we can um, heal ourselves. We can um, what I like to say is like bring ourselves to wholeness, so that we're not at odds with any part mm-hmm. of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's what the work of astrology helps me do. Like it just you just make peace with it. That's really key. Like when you talk about the aspects of yourself, you know, uh, I think uh, as a kid of the 80s uh, and the whole rise of the cable generation and all of that, I guess I'm 47, so I think we're in the same mm-hmm. age bracket. Um, you know, it mm-hmm. was always the Cosmo uh, astrology, and then they had their special annual little thick insert in the astrology, and I would always turn in the local newspaper to read the little two lines that they would have for, you know, for you to read on a weekly basis in the Sunday section by the comics, you know, mm-hmm. but um so a lot of people's awareness of it comes from that limited aspect, but uh, mm-hmm. As I got into it, and, you know, I never had done a natal chart for myself, and I always mm-hmm. now tell people, you absolutely have to at least understand, if nothing else, go get your sun, your rising, and your moon sign. If you can't do anything else, uh, put that into your awareness and learn about those signs, because what I found is that I was experiencing conflict because I'm like, wait a second, this is not a Libran kind of 
thing. And I thought, well, just Libra was supposed to be everything. That's it. I'm a Libra, boom, 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 right? Right. And so once Mm -hmm. I began to think, oh, well, wait a second, how I'm going out into the world and how I'm processing my emotions. And Mm -hmm. and then when you get into the houses, and I I mean, it really, if you really want to dive deep into your reality, I absolutely recommend people – Get an intense reading at least once in your life from a absolutely. really good astrologer because it is mm-hmm. absolutely eye-opening when you realize not only how your personality has played out and come together and where your particular challenges are, when you look back over periods of your life and when the astrologer kind of runs through who you've been up till now, it's eerie right. how precise yeah. You can say, well, you would have experienced such and such in this particular era, which would have been your teenagers. You're like, wait, how do you know me? <laughs> right. Right. It's it's really fascinating. And it's because, like, to me, someone's natal chart is the software that runs them. Like, your computer has a software mm-hmm. system, Windows. Your mm-hmm. natal chart mm-hmm. is your software system. It tells me, as an astrologer, how you function. And mm-hmm. and and it and it also says these are the things that are going to be your challenges, right? So wherever Saturn is in your house, Saturn is the planet that governs Capricorn, discipline, time, structure, lessons, karma. Wherever that shows up in your chart, I can look at that and go, okay, here's where you are going to have the most opportunities for growth and transformation. Um, mm. And so most of us are living according to the conditioning that we grew up with. We're still living mm. zero to seven in our lives. And, mm-hmm. and, we, and we experience traumas that keep us trapped in those cycles. And, and so mm. we don't, then we, we try to fix those traumas by eating and I'm going to go mm. get a husband. I'm going to have a child. I'm going to. Go get some more money. I'm gonna lose some weight. I'm gonna go buy these shoes. I'm gonna like and rather we we go outside of ourselves is my point. Like we're we're trying to mm-hmm. fix what's going on inside of us by grasping for things mm. outside of us that don't really match what our software, which your which your software mm. system says you need. So like mm-hmm. for me when I was um when I first started learning astrology I had I went to a couple of readers who were my friends actually, and they kept telling me, "Well, Monique, you have the North Node in mm. Aries in the first house, and your South Node is in Libra." And so they said, based upon that, that means that in your past life you mastered relating to the other, and so this mm. in this lifetime you're here to learn to master relating to yourself and putting yourself first and mm. I tell you that I was depressed because mm. all I ever wanted to do was like be married and the reason I wanted to be mm. married is because in my past life my south node I was my life revolved around somebody mm. like somebody took care of me and cared for me and all that so that is what I knew in my memory that's what my mm. cells was, was, was trying to get back to that and then an astrologer mm-hmm. looked at my chart and said, that's not for you this time, darling. You're not going to revolve around another person. 
Maybe somebody's going to revolve around you, but you're not going to revolve around them. Mm. You're going to be revolving mm. around yourself. It took, like, I was so sad, but once I started mm. working on how to get it, it's, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. No okay. one ever told me that that was the truth. I was, I was like, there's no way. All I want is love. All I want, and now I have incredible loving relationships, but they're not the center of my life. Mm. They're on the periphery of my life. I am the center of my life, and my work is the center of my life, and you know what I'm here to do is the center of my life. No one could have ever. That's told so me that. interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Whenever you know, as you're talking about things, astrology truly is like Alice going down through the looking glass into the rabbit hole because yeah. there are so many really key things. Like you were talking about your north and south node, and you know, for uh, I mean, I think that it's just really it's. Very in depth. If you're starting talking about Chiron and North South yeah. Node, and then some of these large transits that have been like a whole generation has been under, say, the yeah. of a particular planet, planetary thing. It really is something I could see why your bookshelves are full because they're right. It's, it's, it's absolutely. It is actually at some point astrology and astronomy were not separate. There was a, yes, a field right. of studying of the movements of the planets, and it's really only in the era of the control of the Roman Catholic Church and the entrenchings of the power structures of the last couple thousand years that it became considered a pseudo-science, if you will, in some circles. Right. You know, there are many, many right. circles outside of... Hello? I'm sorry. One moment, please. I dropped my okay. phone. <laughs> oh, my apologies. I did drop my phone. Okay. Um, there are mm-hmm. many places where it is absolutely not pseudoscience, you know, but um, right. a lot of what we forget is being where we live is we think that this is the only way of academic subjects being vetted because it's not like something you could – take it the typical university, if you will. But there are many places outside of the United States where you absolutely could spend a lifetime in the study by learned elders of the planetary right. movements. You know. Right. Um, right, right. I, and it's very interesting because people think from the Christian perspective, one thing that I always hear quoted is that, you know, it says that, you know, thou shalt not consult, uh, you know, uh, soothsayers and things of that nature. And they talk about astrology right. as if it is really becomes a sinful, problematic thing. But we know that the kings and monarchs and rulers of Europe and earlier in Roman, they absolutely had astrologers who were charting when they needed to make expansion to their kingdom, when it was going right. to be most favorable for them to launch their ships. When you know, That's I mean, right. like big movements. The king's advisor, you know, they talk about how they the wise men knew the star was foretelling the coming of the Christ child. So it's kind of Correct. a two hand, two sided presentation that would have you deny something that could be a, a useful tool and I think that's the key to it is separating us 
from a very natural connection to the planet that we live on and the objects that are influencing us while we're taking this particular journey. Absolutely. And you mentioned something that I I totally have a metaphysical understanding of. It's, you know, how the wise men followed the North Star to find Jesus. They, they literally, you know, the Bible says they, they follow, they, they practice astrology to find the baby Jesus, right? But one night mm-hmm. I was meditating and I, and Spirit said to me, the North Star is the North Node in your chart. And when mm. you follow your North Node, it will lead you to your own Christ consciousness. Mm. That's deep. That's yes. deep. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm definitely <laughs> going to be having to sign up for some classes with you because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Okay, so focusing focusing to the moon. You know, my mind yeah. is going a thousand That's miles right. a second. But like, okay, so like, <laughs> so focusing on the moon. All right, so yeah. you talk about when you you had a goal and then you started working with the moon. What yeah. is working with the moon as you are using that term? Yes. So the moon has phases. So if you guys, if you notice, you can go look out. Whenever you go look outside, the moon is ne- the moon is never in the same spot. You know, mm-hmm. it 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 never has the same face or the same shape or not from one day to the next. It changes, right? So mm-hmm. in that twenty eight days, the moon will go from um, first quarter to. Um, to waning crescent and waxing, like it just goes to, you know, it's the waning crescent, the waxing crescent, the waning gibbous, the waxing mm-hmm. first, the first quarter, the the new moon, the full moon, the disseminating phase, all of those are different phases. And those are the phases where you literally, if you were following the Falmer's Almanac, you would plant your seed. If you understand those phases, you plant with the new moon and at the time of the full moon, you, you can't, you, you're going to start to have some sort of harvest, right? So when I right. teach people to work with the new moon, to, to work with the moon, I just teach them how to various steps to use during the different phases of the moon. There are things that I teach them to do so that they can actually accomplish their objective. And so this is, similar to how, say, a farmer would plant a seed under a certain phase of the moon and then anticipate a harvest then in a corresponding phase of the moon. Is that a way to summarize it? Yes, absolutely. And so there are are eight steps, and we – we every two and a half days, it's like okay, here we're gonna do that. We're gonna pick our goals. We're gonna do, and then I in my private groups and in my private coaching, you know, some people I tell them exactly where the moon is gonna be in their charts, where it's like oh, you know, so for me this new moon is coming up in Aries, and so it's gonna be in my first house. So I would take that energy. It's my first house. I know that means I need to focus on me because it's the first house. And so I would 
create goals, and then the, the steps after that, which people, if people want to learn the steps, they can join the course, but then I take them through steps to understand how these are the things that you'll need to do in order to bring those goals to fruition. And we do mm-hmm. internal work. It's not just, it's not like, okay, I want to make $5,000, so I'm going to say, okay, now you're going to go and talk. To, no, you're going to do internal work. You have to, you have to prepare the container to be able mm. to receive the thing that you are desiring. And so if you don't mm. have it already, what are the things that are blocking you from having it? So I'm literally coaching. And, and it's, I mean, it, to me, I, I say this is the cheapest and the best therapy you could ever, I don't want to call it cheap. It's the most affordable mm-hmm. because you align mm. to the faces of the moon. And so as you do the work, it just, it, you bring it to manifestation. Your your moon manifesting course is something that is uh, available. I think, like you said, every month. But like right now, I think you're getting ready to uh, begin. Is this a timing thing because of where the moon is that this particular class is then aligned with that from the outset? Yeah, so every month we start at um, at where the moon is today. The moon is the last quarter today, so that's when the, the cycle mm-hmm. starts at the last quarter. The new okay. cycle begins at the last quarter. Mm-hmm. Okay, every and month. so if you're if you're taking like this, you know, moon uh, work with you, then this would be an ongoing thing, and it changes then because you're actively guided through the process for that particular cycle, but it's not required that you no. would continue necessarily. Would this no. be something this that you in. would? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, ahead. I was saying, well, I was going to ask, would this be something that you would say, you know what, I really want to do X, Y, Z. What is the best month for me to align based on, say, my chart? to achieve this very, very specific thing? Or could it be any particular moon cycle I could do that particular work? Does that make sense as a question? Yeah, there there are cycles that because because it goes from, because I, I line, the, the work is lined up with the new moon, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so everybody's chart is different, but if someone was wanting to a, attract a husband, I wouldn't say you necessarily want to use Aries for that because Aries is mm. important, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, then let's let's come to that at the time of Libra, right, if, if you want to attract a partner. So it just depends mm. on what your goals are. But I I mean, there are people in the group who who come and stay two or three months and learn, and then they go and do it on their own because it can be done. There are people who come and have been here for 13 months. They just are in, the, and I, I work with them constantly. And, it's, and people's lives change. Like people leave their jobs and start businesses. People, um, mm. people get married and have children. Like, it's, like it's, it changes your life when you do the work. It's, and the thing that I ultimately say to people is that, yes, you can use the moon to create whatever you desire. But the biggest benefit of the moon work is to learn that you are a creator. 
Okay. It's right. not about what you get. It's about mm-hmm. who you mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the separation of that knowledge was so uh, harsh is because when you uh, have people who rely on others to create for them because they don't understand their own ability to be right. in the creation seat from a point of awareness, yeah. of course, that's a big shift of power back to the self and to the individual, which would probably be contrary right. to some of the goals that were <laughs> present in our society over time. That's right. So you're really like actively driving your own car, if you will, and and you're looking at the street signs and looking at the rules of the road, so to speak, in order to get through your journey as easily and without as many problems as possible. Correct. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I see, well, one thing that people – there are a lot of different metaphysical practices that the the mm-hmm. labeling of these practices is problematic for some people and not problematic for other. But what mm-hmm. you will find in most of the metaphysical sources, you'll see in the pagan and witchcraft areas, you will see a lot of stuff about moon, mm-hmm. you know, manifesting mm-hmm. magic in the moon and that kind of stuff. And that, uh, because of people's understanding or, of those words or terms, that tends to put people into a fear position of saying, well, you know what, I really want to work with the moon, but isn't that something witches do? And to them, you know, that word witch would have a native negative connotation in the way right. that they're presenting it. You can tell just by the way that they're saying it. And so, right. it, uh, you know, a lot of the people who've given me, you know, like, uh, I'm not really too interested in that. It's been kind of a a, a spiritual conflict for them to mm-hmm. engage because they think that they're practicing a craft by doing that. Right. What, how do you, or do you even engage in that kind of conversation? Like, uh, what are your thoughts about the the stigma that has developed right. sometimes around moon work? Well, it's, it's interesting. Like I was telling you, you know, the Bible has whatever happened in our Christian evolution, it we somehow got convinced. But that's a part of patriarchy. Like the patriarchy has been totally about disempowering people and handicapping them from who they are. So, I just mm-hmm. know that when people really want power, when you start to realize you can't, like, for me, right, for me, Christianity didn't work. <laughs> like, I could not, mm-hmm. like, I did, I followed the tools, and I didn't get what I was wanting, right? I did, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I, was, I was celibate, I prayed to Jesus, I believed, I, you know, all that sort of stuff, and I didn't get it. Now, when I came to do the moon work, I took the steps, and I got what I wanted, right? So it's like, oh, this mm. works, right? So mm-hmm. it just depends on a lot of people are afraid to have power. I get it. it, it there's a great deal of responsibility in having power. One of the things I'm very aware of as I um, access more of my own power or the power that it's not even mine, it's divine power, it's God's power, it's just, you know, it's, it's for us all because we're made in the image and likeness of God. God is a creator, and we are also creators. 
And when you start to understand that we are creators, first and foremost, before we are anything, we are creators. Everything we're doing is creating. Our thoughts are creating. Our breath is creating. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is an act of creation. Now, when you don't know Mm -hmm. it, you are subject to it because Mm -hmm. you're creating unconsciously. Now, when you start Mm -hmm. to wake up and understand that you are a creator first and foremost above all things, then you can make yourself aware of it and get in front of it, get in the driver's seat so that you can create what you desire to create rather than what you don't desire to create. Most of us Mm -hmm. are so at odds with our lives because we don't know Mm -hmm. that we're creating everything. We're creating all of it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and it's a hard conversation to have. And one of the things that I've been applying this belief to lately is my conversation around race. And maybe this isn't a good time to talk about it, but, um, you know, I know that my thoughts create thoughts are forms of energy. So if I'm telling mm-hmm. myself white people are out to get me, white people have all the benefits and I don't have any white people are this and what I'm creating that. Mm-hmm. Now people mm-hmm. say, well, that's already happening out there. Well, it's happening for people because they believe it. But then it's probably mm-hmm. not happening for other people because there are always exceptions to the rules because the mind mm-hmm. is the creative vehicle that we drive our lives with. And there are people out there who just do not align themselves with those vibrations of oppression and um, oppression and racism. We have, those are agreements that we, mm-hmm. we, we were born into those agreements. We were born into them, right? So it's hard mm-hmm. to understand that it's an agreement because you were born into it, right? Because we've been here doing this for 500 right. years. So when you start to realize that, oh, these are constructs (laughs) that everyone has money is a construct that we all agreed has this value, you know. But then when Mm -hmm. you go into nature and astrology, you see that the things that we have agreed upon are not aligned, are not true, because nature is doing it different. Mm. So I want to align myself to nature. (laughs) Right. Right. That's one of the biggest things they say that is the disconnect um, of the distraction era is that our, our, us as adults and our children, and we are not as connected with the outdoor environment at all, yeah. like um, is natural and we're in fluorescent lit lighting and in mm-hmm. artificial places, and we want our spring water bottled and put in plastic instead of scooped right. up from the spring, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. there are certain powers that be that are like, well, that was that's the best economic position for us is if you have to buy your water and sunlight and vitamin D from us. We don't care if the sky is clouded and the water is polluted right. because we'll sell you a substitute <laughs> for those things. That's right. uh, but that return to naturalness. And I think when you, you know, you talk about the constructs of race, children 
will pick up anything off the ground and put it in their mouth. They'll chew a piece of grass to see what right. it tastes like. You know, they'll drink stream water or from a, a, a water fountain or from, like, the hose on the side of the house. They'll hug another child regardless of what color that child is because yeah, there mm-hmm. is a certain uh, not having been domesticated, as Don Miguel Ruiz says in the Four Agreements, right. domesticated to the societal things. And what I'm witnessing, and I think what you're also showing and the fruit that you're bearing with the, the work that you're teaching is that we're absolutely moving into new agreements. And right. the, uh, the, the agreements that work for us as an individual for our at a soul level, if Christianity works for a person, then absolutely make that agreement for yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're no longer, we're seeing people releasing themselves from uh, paradigms that were not working for them and left them deeply unhappy in their right. personal life. And that drive to then find a deeper level of satisfaction is to, why am I not satisfied? And why? what do I need to do to be satisfied and to feel more at peace? Mm-hmm. And for those whose steps then lead them to a conversation that's talking about, it's because inherent in your energy at the moment that you were born, you have these embodiments that it's an opportunity for you to follow a path possibly that then does solve for you some of the questions that you've had about yourself. And I'm seeing right. more and more. Are you seeing more and more people coming on board for your moon and your Mercury retrograde reset? Are you seeing an uptick of of awareness through your client work? You know, I am. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing. A, I'm starting to have a lot of clients come to me to really heal trauma, and mm-hmm. um, and I have a lot of twenty something clients. That's what they. I have like. 15 or so, mm-hmm. <laughs> like private coaching, because I also do private coaching. Um, the classes mm-hmm. are ways that people can, you know, be in the energy and be doing it on a regular basis. But then there are people who are coming to me just to really work through issues that they encountered in their childhood. And so many 20-somethings, they are so different than we are. They are, <laughs> they just are awake and and what's going on is I feel like they, the ones that are coming to me, they they need mentorship and leadership from from mature people who are like their parents' ages, but who are open minded to because the mm-hmm. world is changing, and so many of us mm-hmm. who have been working and you know who are in the age that age group that we are, we we've been we've been in the world as it is for all of our lives. Mm-hmm. But the world that's coming, we don't know it, and they're going to spend most of their time in that world, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are they are brilliant, and I and I love it. It's I mean they're doing deep work. I'm like, wow! I'm sitting here listening to like 23 <laughs> year old men talk about toxic mas- masculinity and how their fathers mm-hmm. or uncles taught them that they should have five women, um, mm-hmm. you know, your top five just because one is too mm-hmm. close to none and them saying like, you know, mm-hmm. that's not who I am. And how do I really be in relationship with a woman? I'm sitting here going, I, mm. I, I, miss, I missed out. <laughs> I need to come back. <laughs> These young people are about it. Okay. 
when they get such a bad rap, you hear the millennials. They're like, oh, they're entitled. They don't know how to do work. No, they can't stick all, to anything. They're privileged. No, <laughs> none of that is true. None of it is true. Mm-hmm. It's not who they are. That's that's the um, that's the script. That's the script to create division. Well, and if you don't want, you know, if you're from the greed is good Wall Street era of, you know, the 70s, 80s, well, late 70s, 80s, 90s era kind of entrenchment of you go and be a good worker bee and that's your success, then, of course, the the personalities that are rejecting the strong capitalism at any cost to the environment or any cost to people, these young people are not here for that either. They're like, oh, we want to honor the earth, and we see ourselves as globally connected because we've never been unconnected through our technology from people who live completely across the world for us, where, again, our generation was not as globally connected unless you were wealthy until the technology came along. What do you say mm-hmm. to a parent, like you're talking about 20-something-year-olds, but what do you say to a parent who has, like, a child uh, either at birth or as their child begins to develop and enter school? At what point do you uh, begin looking at your child and personality, and what kind of work do you do? Uh, or you know, some people don't work mm-hmm. with children. At, children because they're like you know you don't want to be over determining as a parent with what you're expecting of your child. And so some astrologers, psychics, people like that are like you know what I'm not doing anything other than like an annual kind of chart and a and a thing for your child. Where do you fall on that spectrum of of working with your offspring <laughs> and their charts? Yeah. Right. It's such an interesting thing. So I very much pay attention to my son's chart. Um, mm-hmm. like, so it's in my head. I don't look at it all the time. But, but it it helps me understand what he needs, right? So when my son, he's very tactile and affect, affectionate, and it's because he has a Virgo mm-hmm. moon. So I give him that affection that he needs and desires. Um, and and he, because I know he's an Aquarius, and Aquarius, the archetype of Aquarius, the function of Aquarius is to rebel. That's the nature mm-hmm. of Aquarius, the, the, the rebel. And there's a purpose for that. The purpose is so that they can hear their own minds and their own thoughts and that they can create things that don't exist in the world already. And in order to do that, you have to have solitude and you have to be able to listen to your own thoughts. So when my son doesn't want to be bothered with me, I get it. I'm not offended mm. by it. When he's when mm-hmm. he's rebelling, I support that because I know that that is the way he is made to function. I I, I don't mm-hmm. take it personally when he's like, you know, I want to be with daddy. I'm like, call him, <laughs> go get him. <laughs> right. And I've always been that way because I understand how he is made. Right. Um, mm-hmm. He has Saturn and Leo, so I know that he has a whole lot of um, he has a whole lot of feelings bottled up that he doesn't know how to express mm-hmm. yet. So I work very hard to uh, how do you feel? What do you think? And he, you know, I might get a drop of information from him because I know mm-hmm. that Saturn is there, but I'm always I'm always teaching him how to do it. So one day he's going to get it. 
He might be 25. Mm-hmm. But one day mm-hmm. he will know, like, my mother's been asking me, how do I think and how do I feel since I was two years old? And one day he's <laughs> going to get like, oh, this is how I think and this is what I feel. Okay. <laughs> you know? Um, All right. <laughs> he also has Jupiter in Sag. And he's bossy. My son is so bossy. <laughs> and it's just like, and I, 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 I understand why he's bossy. It doesn't mean that I don't say to him, look, honey, I'm the mama, you the baby. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'm not upset by it because I understand it's made, he's made that way. Mm. So it's not about having, you know, parenting the willful child. I think that's a book, you know, when you're talking about children's personalities, it could be their, as you said, that's their sign or how they're expressing, and you don't need to train it out of them. And I think that, um, you know, things like the five love languages, which I absolutely think is a wonderful teaching that talks about how we are different and respect the difference and don't think that we're just one size fit all. And astrology is that to times 12 times 12 layers of the complexity of the five love languages teaching. But people talk about how they were able to connect with their teenager differently once they understood that they needed words of affirmation instead of, uh, you know, uh, hugging, you know, and that it helped right. ease the the connection during the times when there was challenges for the natural phases that children go through as they kind of come into their adulthood. Now, um, you're, are you doing anything at this point in terms of, uh, do you have a teaching that you have that's geared towards parenting and children, or is it just through, like, the coaching and client-type opportunity that people could talk with you about their children and their charts? Yeah, so I do I, I do, do readings for children. I don't do the reading for the children. I'll do a, right. I will look at the person's chart and look at the child's chart and and do coaching with the mother. Like, this is what, you're, this is what the baby would need. Or, and not the baby, but, you know, I like to call them the baby. But I love the baby. <laughs> um, but, you know, just to really help them understand what will best support. Because, like, if, you know, I remember when I was a little girl, I have a Gemini moon. And I, as you can hear, like, I talk a lot and I ask a lot of questions. And as a child... Mm-hmm. If my parents had known, I always say if if, our, if your parents know who you are and what strengths you come with and what obstacles you're going to be working through, then they can support you. It's just as simple as that. They, then they're not, they don't have to be at odds with you. And that's the work that I do with parents who really want to understand their children, just to help them understand what their children's gifts are and where, they're going to, mm-hmm. where they struggle. You know, so someone with like a, I have a friend who has a child who has a Scorpio moon. And when children, the moon is what r- governs you from zero to seven because your emotions, like you don't have a, access to a lot of logic and your personality is still developing. So from zero to seven, your moon sign is everything. And she, I was with this girlfriend and she was saying that her daughter has a Scorpio moon. I was like, it's really important that you give her privacy, like, like mm. teach her, like, this is your private time. 
This is just for you, not for mommy, not for anyone. You can share things with me. Leo moons need privacy. They need Mm -hmm. what feels like secret to them, like that nobody else has access to something. They need that in order to feel like they're themselves. And so this child is two years old, and now she's, her mother's able to do that with her, and that's going to mm. feed her into her adulthood. Mm. There's such a change, isn't it, <laughs> from yep. generation to generation to generation, thankfully, right? Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely. the thing that says to me that the kind of return of connection, this is not new knowledge, you know, this is like a return mm-hmm. to knowing things that we have been disconnected from. Um, And all of that to me is just like I'm so optimistic about uh, the next go-round, you know, the next turn of the wheel. Um, Yeah. In terms of, well, let me first say, your website is moniqueruffin.com, and uh, anyone who's interested, please go check out the Moon Manifestation. It's at the top of her page. You can click to find out more information about it, and I will be posting this up uh, for the people. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please look in the description box below the video, and also my Facebook page. We'll put a link to that there as well. Um, I don't think I'm going to catch this particular moon cycle, but it is absolutely now on my to-do list because I didn't even know that it was happening. And I've still got the Mercury retrograde reset, which you all, we're just coming through, what, the last bit of shadow uh, for the last Mercury retrograde that we went through? (laughs) But Mercury is going direct today. So we're ending another, (laughs) we're literally closing a class right now. Because Mercury just went um, direct. And this has been the most challenging Mercury retrograde. It's so fascinating. And we don't have to talk about that right now, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like personally, it's like, it seems like for the last two years, and it may just be my awareness of it, it seems like the last two years, it's been one thing after the other, you know, I did the whole Aries Libra eclipse thing. I'm a Libra, you know, and I went through the whole mm-hmm. eclipse cycle of 2016 and Aries Libra. And it's like there's been the major solar eclipse that happened in August of, what, 2017. Yeah. And then even this year, when we started this year, it was like we immediately started with these uh, super moons and eclipses. And it's like, wait a second. What is going on? And I and my logical mind says, you know what? This is no different from any other time, but it feels to me like it's really a, a pressure cooker of opportunity for us to like do some really significant work. And again, is that just more the fact that I'm aware of it now that I finally realize this whole world of stuff is going on, or is there a kind of a different intensity? At that you yeah. notice. The energy is totally changing on the planet. Like, um, one mm-hmm. of the things I love about astrology is that I, it's, I've, it's, it's, astrology is a history lesson, really. And the, the planet goes through cycles. Astrology is a study of cycles and energies, and the planet goes through cycles. And so we are in the process of what we, completing in what they call a great year, the ancients, when you talk about the Mayans. They talked about the great mm-hmm. year, and that's when the earth, um, mm-hmm. as it, it as it moves up through its axis on the wobble, 
takes 26,000 years to do that. Um, and we're completing one and beginning another one. And, you know, really what the ancients did, the pyramids, and this can get a little intense, but the pyramids were energy centers that helped the energy on the planet stay high as we dipped out of a golden age and into like an iron age. So the energy, mm-hmm. so the, there was a time on the planet when the energy was really high and we weren't, we weren't the kind of people we are now. We were different. We mm-hmm. were other, we were, right. we were, you know, we were more intuitive, more receptive. We were more in line with, but the psych, it's a cycle. So we went down. It's almost like we're having like a cycle of like, quote unquote, hell. I hope Christians, I don't mean just, the energy mm-hmm. gets dense and thick, right? And so mm-hmm. when the energy is dense and thick, the, the, the behavior on the planet changes. So now we're much more, mm-hmm. we've had all these wars and racism and slavery and Holocaust and all that. That's because the energy is dense. Mm-hmm. It's not because we're bad mm-hmm. people. It's because we're responding mm-hmm. to the energy planet, the energy on the planet. And the Egyptians and the Aztecs, when they understood the cycle, so they created these, buildings to, to keep mm-hmm. the energy high for as long as they could and then nature wore it out and then we fell into the experiences that we've been having over the last couple of thousand years well now the energy mm-hmm. is high again and so we're about to we're literally watching the structures that have been in place come undone because the structures that are in place are too dense and they can't the energy mm-hmm. can't maintain them as we move as we swing up the pendulum into a higher energy frequency. So the next mm-hmm. thousand years are going to be different, and, and we are mm-hmm. in the beginning of that right now. I'm so glad my soul decided to do this at this time. And my soul was like, yeah, of course, we weren't going to miss this. <laughs> you know, why do you think we're it's here? <laughs> you know, um, so it's really all. exciting. Likely, you know, it's, there's a chance. Yeah. I guess if we could just remember, if we could just, have to remember. Remember who you are. You'll start. You can have flashes of being here before. Like we've been. Mm-hmm. This is. This is the only thing to do. We're. This is the Earth game. <laughs> right. And we go and you better. And we go out. Yeah. Learn your lessons. Learn. Learn That's your right. lessons, and you can have fun with it, right? And because really, right. being in the creator position is great. I mean, it you is. know, it's really awesome. Um, I've I've started doing my just my own personal practice of, you know, I of course put my crystals out and the moon and uh, full moon, and um, I I did my first little uh, Reiki charged moon elixir with this equinox uh, full moon Aries transition that just happened. I was like really excited about that, and I know that you've shared pictures of you and having your crystal water out and the moon and things of that yeah. nature. What is like the the, the simplest uh, uh, advice that you would give to a person other than look up and go outside in the full moon? Uh, you know, what would be the simplest thing to a person who is like, you know what, I, I want to bring more purposeful moon into my life? What would you, what advice would you give? Um, I would say to... The new moon is where, like, where you just set an intention for every new moon. We have a new moon and a full moon every month. The full moon gets our attention because it's big and luminous and beautiful. But the new moon is when we're ripe. 
and receptive. So that's the time that you actually want to create an intention and then allow, you know, and ask, ask for guidance. Spirit, show me how, what do I need to do to manifest this? So that's how, like, you use the moon to create intentions for your life. The new moon. And now some people also talk about then using the moon to release uh, things from their life. And that's the full moon. So the full moon is that. Okay. Yeah, so you release, you, you, you plant with the new moon and you release with the full moon. So it literally is like okay. you get pregnant on the new moon and then you give birth on the full moon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I've, I I was following that myself and then I saw a book or something in the store that was like, they have it wrong. You don't let the full power of the moon, you need to do such as that. You're doing opposite. And so then I was like, oh, well, now I'm really confused, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, what I had found successful for myself uh, was the cycle you talk about about the planting the seeds and then then moving through the harvest to the release of said harvest for there. Right. Well, I you know I really if I could continue talking for for many many hours with you. You always teach me things, Monique, and I really am just thankful for your time and coming on the show and. For all of you who have been tuning in this evening, please check out, um, follow Monique on Instagram because I promise you there are little nuggets of very good content happening every day on her feed. And Monique, I want to let you know that I see those things and that they actually Mm -hmm. are a positive contribution in my life. And so, you know, I, I love when people are using the platform and the voices um, in, in such a way because, I, you know, I, you just are giving your time. And um, that's not something that everybody does, for one thing. And when they do mm-hmm. give their time, they're not necessarily doing anything that's giving. They're looking forward to receiving or self-promotion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're putting little mini lessons out, like, you know, the Virgo new moon or, you know, the Virgo full moon mm-hmm. with each thing that's coming up. And, and I appreciate that that is not a small contribution. It's your time. You could be doing other things. And uh, for those of you, again, please follow Monique and check out her website, MoniqueRuffin.com. And uh, tune into that, Moon. If you do, please let me know. Uh, let Follow up with me, and I will certainly be sharing with you my experiences and continue to learn from uh, Monique and the wonderful people at Juju Mama and all of the platforms that are out here trying to help spread knowledge that really at its whole whole most fundamental level is to improve your reality. Whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, if it's healing, if it's empowering, if it's elevating, whatever that is, this is all for improvement and for elevating the frequency. And I, I'm so excited to be connected to you, Monique. And I, I just really thank you mm-hmm. for coming on the show this evening. Um, thank you, and, <laughs> Well, did you have anything else that you wanted to share with the audience about any other products or projects that you're working on before we wind down here? Um, I just, I just really appreciated. I appreciated how informed you are about it. Like it was, it was a really great conversation. And and um, just to, I, you know, I do natal chart readings. I do relationship chart readings, and um, and I do new moon readings. So if you visit my website. You can find all the things that I do there or send me a private message or 
or any of that because I it's this is my I've dedicated my life to helping us wake up. <laughs> wake up mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. free. <laughs> <laughs> be, be free, right? They all being be free, I think is the thing. We do That's have right. a caller who's been tuning in on the show okay. and caller Eight one six four. You've been tuned in this evening to the Vibrarian Show and the conversation about the moon with Monique. Hi, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm, I'm just sitting here in awe. Beautiful information. It's been a minute since I've been on, and I came on to Miss Monique <laughs> and smiles everywhere. <laughs> it has been wonderful. Well, no. Wonderful. I know Thank this you. voice. Thank Welcome, you. Monica. I'm glad you tuned. I think you were on the Mercury Retrograde show. I think we talked about that last year. You also tuned in that. Thank you so much for your support of the show and for tuning in and listening. Uh, I always yes, appreciate great. the folks who sit down for these conversations. So thank you, Monica. Thank oh, you, no, Monica. It has been my complete pleasure. You know, Sister Girl went into the history, and my heart went to beating fast. I was like, oh, she's <laughs> dropping knowledge. Wait a minute. <laughs> Sit up. Get it, get it, get it. <laughs> you know, that's my next, you know, understanding that it's all connected. It's all going in a circle and a cycle, and it's time for change. And it's beautiful hearing so much positivity, like we're moving out of it even though yeah. in the midst of what we think is chaos, we're moving mm-hmm. out of it. So the chaos it's is just, the signal. The chaos is the signal that we're moving out of it. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right now. Mm. All right now. Mm. Mm. I was looking, uh, you know, I'm a Game of Thrones person, and one of the terrible villains, uh, Lord Baelish, or Littlefinger as they call him, his whole thing was chaos is a ladder. <laughs> you know, yes. out of that right. disruption is the opportunity to elevate higher, you know. And of course, yeah. you're not mm-hmm. a positive-minded person or character, but, of course, that, that uh, you know, a butterfly, a, a caterpillar dissolves into a goo before it Nothing. transforms it's into liquid. the butterfly, yeah. <laughs> you know. So that's right. absolutely a true lesson. So, well, Monica, well, thank you, you for tuning in. dedicated to Game of Thrones, invite me on that. Oh. Okay, well, you know, we're getting ready for the new season, so, you know, we might have that. Uh, <laughs> no, me too. <laughs> okay, I know we're online. I know we're online. But this summer, I was like, this summer is so clear that there's been no Game of Thrones. Like, the summer is because there was no Game of Thrones, right? I was like, come on, y'all. What y'all doing? Wait. <laughs> What I got to well, do I is, do is have a watch question. It. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I do apologize. I do have to get up on my Game of Thrones. I haven't been doing that lately. But I have a question about something you said earlier. And mm-hmm. the question was about when do you start teaching your children about themselves and helping them to, you know, understand their personalities? And my question was, in that same sense, when when you recognize that your children have particular gifts, when do you move forward to start teaching them about their gifts? So I think every child is different, right? And um, and you have to know your child and know if they what their interests are and 
and um, and if they are interest if they are self interested like that, right? So normally, I think children become more self interested and self aware in their teenage years because mm-hmm. um, that's you know that's what goes on in peers and they start caring about those sort of things. So I think it's easier to start having conversations. But here's what I do want to say: the kids today are all the kids are up on astrology. Mm-hmm. All okay. of them are up on astrology. They know. They are clear. So um, I just feel like when you when you you know maybe two one or two years old when they're starting to develop, it's important for you to know so that you can understand how you can <laughs> best create fulfillment for your child. Right. So you know, like I'm saying, I have a son. My son has a Virgo moon, and. What that meant was that he was very tactile, and so I carried him and touched him, and like I, he was connected to me like a little chimpanzee for, you know, like mm-hmm. he breastfed for three and a half years because that was what he needed. Now, a, a child with a Gemini moon probably would not have needed that because they're more independent, they're freer, you know, and so, so it's just, it's just about paying attention and and seeing and asking questions and then feeding them their what they so like if you have a child with a Taurus moon, right? That child loves food. They really just want to eat. <laughs> mm. And mm. you know, so it's like so like early on you would teach them how to have a healthy relationship to food because you can guarantee mm-hmm. that food is going to be the thing that Mm. They because their senses, their their sources are children that are governed by their senses. So taste and mm-hmm. smell and all of that is going to rule them. So you know you would manage their eating, like you know maybe not give them a lot of sugar, not give them a lot of addictive mm. food, right? Because so it mm-hmm. so it just depends on what the need is. Okay. So it seems like it's just never too soon and it's never too late <laughs> to connect right. the dots, you know, for right. yourself and for those you uh, love as well. Now, um, I also wanted to share with our audience, uh, I'm planning on another episode, and Monique, I've asked you to come back. We are going to be talking about the other mystical, magical, the Yoni on our on our show at a future date and we're going to be talking about the female health and sexual expression of Ioni and the energetics of that and I'm sure that the moon energy will come back up as part of that aspect as well. Um, I've really enjoyed our conversation this evening, and we're coming to the close of the time. As I said, Monica, thank you for calling in, and the rest of you that have been tuned in on the phone lines, I appreciate your time as well. And for those of you who will be listening on YouTube and all that, please do leave your comments um, and your feedback about this. This is timeless information, and trust and know that at the time that is brought to your awareness, it's meant to spark something in you, your curiosity. Curiosity led you to this moment because there was some kind of information that will be helpful for you. Receive what you will and 
don't receive what you want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Monique, thank you so much for your time this evening. And each of you, I'm back here on every Tuesday for the Psychic Inside Show, where I'm interviewing people who have stepped fully into their psychic gifts and abilities, and we get to hear what that mm-hmm. looks like for them uh, over their their lifetimes. And there's a lot of fascinating ways and, and terrible and wonderful things that happen to people as they come to terms with themselves. Um, the Vibrarian Show, we're here every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Um, I'll be out at the Big Psychic Fair in Roswell, Georgia, on the first weekend of April um, at Gloria Parker's Big Psychic Fair. I'll be out there reading on Saturday and Sunday. And we've also got a class coming up, Employing the Angelic Realm, with Dr. Tracy J. Um, and she is going to be working with people who are entrepreneurs who want to look at connecting with the angels in order to take their business to the next level or to really work with the divine purpose for the mission and the seed that you have in been given that you wish to bring forth. So there's all kinds of things mm-hmm. happening in library land and in vibrarian world, and all of it is high vibe, and I'm so grateful for your time and that you sit at the table with me each week and have these conversations because it's truly better when you get to share. Sharing is caring. <laughs> my Libra self loves to have uh, other people <laughs> involved in my reality. So, you know, I guess I'm being very true to my time. But, Monique, thank you. Thank you so much. I, you. I really appreciate your time. And I am, I look forward to the next time that you come on to share your wisdom with us. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. To each of you this week, I wish for you all the blessings that you can possibly hold and that those blessings then spill out of your arms and bless the world around you. The light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste.